University Baptist Church is a faith community striving to think critically, live creatively, and love continually in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We gather on Sunday mornings at 5775 Highland Road between Lee Drive and Kenilworth Parkway. Visit ubc-br.org or at UBCBR on Facebook for more information. One of the most formational books for me uh, as a young adult um, was Into the Wild by uh, John Krakauer. And it's the biography of a man named Christopher McCandless, who, upon graduating from Emory with high honors, decided that he would forego the dream that his father had for him, which was to be a high-priced lawyer. And so he gave away all $24,000 of his savings account away to a charity. He sold his car and pushed it to the side of the road, and he set out on a journey to find fulfillment and meeting new people and discovering new stories, all to culminate in finding his way to the Alaskan wilderness. And Chris makes it to Alaska, accomplishing his dream of of solitude and survival. But it's also a heartbreaking story uh, because it's one of someone who is willing to give up everything and everyone in order to find an adventure. And unfortunately, the journey ends with Christopher's death, all of him wishing that he might find community among others. And in his diary, he wrote these profound words, make a radical change in your lifestyle and begin to boldly do so in which you may have previously never have thought of doing or been hesitant to do as well. So many people live within unhappy circumstances and yet have not taken initiative to change their situation because there is a condition of a life of security, of conformity, of maintenance, all of which may appear to give one a peace of mind, but in reality does nothing but damaging to the adventurous spirit within each human being. Last week, we began a new series entitled Shared Journey, discovering together what God has in store for us. And we are stepping out into a new adventure together. Yes, many of you literally built the walls of this church or mortgaged your home to make this a reality. And I'm just a newcomer to that journey. But we begin a new chapter of this journey together. And my hope is over the next couple of weeks, we might look back at how we might have shared our story together that we might have taken time to get to know each other, our giftedness and our passions and our dream, calling us into this community of faith together. Last week, we examined what it looks like to step out in faith in a journey. This week, I want us to look at what it looks like to journey together. So take a look at the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 42. So what's the context of our passage? Well, very simply, Jesus has, uh, was crucified, he resurrected, He hung around, he commissioned the disciples, and then he ascended into heaven. And I love that passage in Acts chapter 1 where the disciples are kind of like, what do we do next? (laughs) And in their wondering of what they do next, the scripture tells us that two messengers came and said, hey, 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 mission is not up here, the mission is down here. Go and be the people of Christ. And so the journey continues in the next chapter, in chapter 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship and breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled at 
the awe of the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who was in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those being saved. My little girls love books, which was awesome when we came and visited the church back in February. Shh, you aren't supposed to know we were here. Uh, and we spent more time in the library more than anything else. And uh, we, have, we keep books in the cars. The girls are always reading books, which they have a higher reading level than their father has, but they, they, they hang with me, right? And, and my favorite book that they were given recently was the Where's Waldo series books. Do you remember these books? You can now get an app on your phone, so you don't have to actually thumb through a book now. But for those that aren't familiar with it, there's this really tall, skinny guy with glasses, a red hat, and a red and white strapped shirt. And so what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to find him within all the series of adventures. And it begins really simple, like on my level, and then it progressively gets more difficult, like on Ken Tipton's level. And you're supposed to find this little guy here. Sometimes when we read scripture, we... It's like, it's like we're trying to find Waldo somewhere, and we, we overcomplicate it. We, we don't take time to look deeply, or we, we get distracted by all the other things around us. So what I want us to do is we're going to reread this text. And this time, I want you to listen to key words and phrases that stick out to you. The text begins, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship and breaking and bread of prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who was in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those being saved. I wonder in this second reading if you might share what's, what's stuck out to you. For you, a word, a phrase, a theme. And this was not, I really want you to, to give some feedback to me here. A word, a phrase? Yeah. Together? Common? Common? Fellowship. Fellowship? What was this one over here? Devoted? Devoted. One voice. One voice. Must have been a pleasant voice, hopefully. There's a lot of stuff to unpack from this text, but one thing that sticks out to me is that word togetherness. Whoever shared that? Togetherness. Did you catch it? Over and over again, Luke writes that they, them, all, everyone, there is no singular pronoun. There is no him, her, or some. Instead, it's a consistent, unified pronoun they, everyone, them, all. Luke is making this bold statement that they were all together. They shared everything. They were all one. So we get this sense of unity among them as they were living life together, as they were following Jesus together, as they were breaking bread in their homes, as they were praying and worshiping and learning. They were all doing it together. And I think one of the best ways to describe the church what we see here is that they were sojourners. 
They were pilgrims on this spiritual journey together. Together they were experiencing the radiant love and grace of God. Together they were building this new way of life in Christ. Together they were venturing onto this new path of faith. Together they were discovering what God had in store for them. Together they sojourned in life. What would it look like to experience togetherness like this? Last month my childhood dream continues to be fulfilled as Disney released yet another Star Wars movie. Uh, This time it was the biopic of Han Solo. So my quick review of the movie as a Star Wars purist is this. It was absolutely fantastic. Oh, so good. It, It is full of laughter and thrills and fun and heartbreak, and it left me wanting more, which means you know they're gonna make more. And when we're introduced to Han Solo, the, this original character in, in A New Hope, we re- meet this arrogant, egocentric smuggler. And while he's okay with taking Obi-Wan, and if, sorry, I just realized, if you haven't watched Star Wars and you're not getting this illustration, please come to my house this afternoon. Please, there's something wrong if, if we haven't had a chance to see that. So he takes Obi-Wan and Luke Skywalker uh, to their desired destination, but it's only if he receives part of his payment in full, and if it's the right amount. And the running theme throughout A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back is that Han is looking out for himself, his best interests, what's in it for him, even if he is a key player in the destruction of the Death Star, he's all too willing to cut ties and to leave. Han Solo was willing to go on to adventure only if it benefited him. Author Benjamin Corey writes, Western individualistic culture invites us to embrace our independence and champion our ability to do this all on our own. But the life of Jesus invites us to embrace healthy interdependence on others. The radical message of Jesus invites us to express and wrestle with our faith in a lifestyle of unbroken community with others. As culture has morphed deeper and deeper into a strictly individualistic-oriented culture, we now find ourselves in a world where it is not uncommon to not even know the names of your neighbor in the house next to you. What's even scarier is that we might know the person not know the person sitting in the pew next to us. Now, I get a pass for a couple weeks because there's 200 plus of y'all and, you know, one of me, but I'll learn your name soon enough. Don't hold that quote against me. We live in a challenging time for the church history because for the last 50-some-odd years, we have treated the church as if it is a product of commodity. And frankly, I am tired of the consumerism of the church. It's exhausting, it's disheartening, it's disgusting. The church is not designed to reflect our shopping habits where we're looking for the best deals and programs only to change our membership on a whim. The church was not designed to be a a high school romance that lives on emotional highs and conditional expectations only to break up when it gets tough and real. The church was not designed to be a big box store that moves into town looking for new customers only to break away when it gets tough and when it gets real. The church was not designed to be a one-sided relationship where members are paying for services and benefits. May we remember that the church is the body of Christ. And when this theology is put into practice, it is utterly annihilating of any selfishness and self-centeredness and egotism that comes with an individualistic relationship with the church. 
when we see this within this text in the book of Acts, we see nothing of the church as a commodity. Let's play a little word association here. For many of you, when you hear the word church, don't, don't cheat, what comes to mind? Probably basilica, cathedral, or steeples. For some, when you hear the word church, you hear the word Bible, or the Lord's table, or the cross, or pews, or stained glass window. When you hear the church, what word is missing? I think too often the word missing is community. Do you know the Greek word that we use for Bible in the New Testament is the word ekklesia, which literally means a gathering of people, a fellowship, a community. So in the purest sense, the church is a gathering of people who follow Jesus Christ. The church is a fellowship of people in pursuit of living in the way of Jesus together. The church is a community that lives life well together. And we see this within the text. They were a genuine community, not some part-time thing that's done on Sunday mornings or occasionally throughout the week. Luke paints the image of, of a devotion to Jesus' teaching, to fellowship, to living life well together, to eating meals together, to praying. Again, this is not an individualistic practice, but the pursuit of all. Over and over again, Luke says, they, them, all, not me or her or him or just some when they feel like it. You see, the journey of sojourning together is a spiritual journey. And it happens when we develop authentic community together. But what does that look like? Can I invite uh, four people to come down front? I promise um, we're not going to crucify you or give you a tattoo, but just four, four volunteers, come down front. Anybody? My extroverts, come on, come on, come on, come on. Four people, real quick. Amelia, Bedelia, come on down. Come on, you know you want to. All right. I bought these expensive glasses for this morning. Here you go. Here's one. Here's one. Here's one. Okay. If y'all mind getting a straight line here. This is how often many of us have a relationship with the church. I just want you to have this glass of water here. Oh, there you go, full to the brim. And that's enough for you, okay? <laughs> All right. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry, that's way too much. I need to give some back here. Hold on, there we go. Yep, yep, that's way, definitely too much. Let's see here. Okay, hold on just a second. That big up. There you go, that's good enough for you. Yep, yep. You see, we are given this abundant and radiant love of God within our life, this grace that fills us that we are called to share it with others in community. But our relationship is often like this. Some are pouring it over and over, endlessly giving of their gifts and talents and strengths and resources and passions. For some, this is not an expression of yours, by the way. I don't hope so. Offends you eternally. We, we get just a smidge, just enough, to look like we're involved. But what we need to come to see is that this grace of God, this compassion, these giftedness and strengths that God has given us, that we pour it over into each other in community. And the thing is, even when we begin to run out like this, I should have gotten two pictures, the grace of God will fill us back up so that we might be able to give it out more 
to others, knowing that we will receive it in return from them. I'll let y'all not take that back to your seat, even though it's really hot. You put that here on the counter. So I wonder, as you consider what role you play in authentic community, what reflection are you? You have the opportunity as a, as a grace-centered community, as a people who are sojourning together to, to pour over yourself into others' lives and know that you will receive it in return. Acts 2 is a brilliant passage. Because what it teaches us is that togetherness and community is essential for our faith journey. Sojourning together in the way of Jesus is how we continue what we do together. The church isn't something we do on our own. The church is a sense of togetherness that we discover. Together we shape our lives to become more like Christ. Together we worship together. Together we go and we engage the community, pouring forth this grace and mercy and love of God in all forms of creative ministry. This all happens through growing in Christ, through formation, through through worship, through ministry. And it all happens as we begin to build life together. The last thing I want us to see from this text is that sojourning is about building life together. As we look at this first church, this genuine community, it was not some part-time thing they did on Sunday mornings. It was not this occasional thing that happened during the week. Luke paints the image of a devotion to Jesus together, to fellowship, to living life well, to eating meals together, to praying. Again, not an individualistic thing, but a, a thing they all did in one. The great Martin Luther King Jr. spoke about the church as a beloved community. King said, Our goal is to create a beloved community, and this will require a qualitative change in our souls as well as a quantitative change in our lives. For this first generation of those who journey with Jesus, genuine beloved community took form in eating meals together in each other's homes and earnestly praying for one another and learning about Jesus together and breaking down any sort of barrier that kept them from joining together, they unified. And in chapter 4, this continues. This wasn't a one-off thing. Luke tells us, All believers were together in one heart and mind. No one claimed any possession was their own, but they shared everything. And with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work within all of them that no needy person was among them. From time to time, those who owned land and houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put them at the feet of the apostles, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. What would happen if all of us, not just some of us, but all of us, within this community of UBC, lived authentic community together? What would happen if we broke bread, and not when the church leaders put it on the calendar for us to come together and break bread together, but we did it by our own independent choice? What would happen if we began to engage the Word together, not just when we schedule it for Sunday school or in worship, but we do it in our lives together because we want to help shape each other to become more like Jesus? What would happen if we prayed for each other, and not just the prayer of convenience and ease, but earnestly prayed for each other each and every single day? What would happen if we chose, not when the church scheduled for us to do ministry, but we went and engaged in the ministry of Christ together by loving our neighbor as ourselves day after day, 
day after day, I think many people would begin to write a text that looks like Acts chapter 2. What would happen? Well, we honestly don't know unless we do it together. So this is an invitation. This is an invitation to rethink your relationship with each person in this space. This is an invitation to discover together how God is forming us into this beautiful and messy thing called the church. Can you imagine what community of God would have if we shared this together? When our lives no longer just interact once a week, but we begin to daily interact with each other. When we invest ourselves into each other, when we truly love each other in the beautiful and messy times of life, the grace of God pours over and bolsters us into something authentic and beautiful and impactful. The key is together. Together we grow in the Lord. Together we worship. Together we build each other up. Together we work with each other to see other people come to know Christ. Together can only become a reality if we interweave our lives together. God is calling us to grow in life with God and with each other. The community of God exists to shape and guide our lives. The community requires that we interweave our lives together with God's vision with each other. So I invite you this morning to become a fellow sojourner on the spiritual journey. I want to invite you to invest yourself in this community. And that requires your time. That requires your focus. That requires your passions and your giftedness and your strengths and your resources and your grace and your patience. I want to invite you to break bread with each other. I want to invite you to develop new friendships. Let us discover what it means together to sojourn as we discover with God what it is.